This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. This afternoon, it was the prof and the sock. It's Melbourne Cup Day. Uh, we talked to Campbell Brown, and we talked about how we could make the Melbourne Cup better. Between them, absurd is also chiming in. 400 metres to go. It's absurd moving up on the outside for Zach Burden. A length in front, but without a fight, is running on right down the centre of the track. Without a fight, up to absurd. Bow and declare and Shiraz the bolter. It's without a fight. 100 metres to go. Two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Solgum. Without a fight, Mark Zara, a Melbourne Cup champion, wins it by two lengths. Second in the race was Solcombe. Third, Shiraz. They were followed by a photo before Ash Ronda Sharp. Yes, without a fight is the 2023 Alexis Melbourne Cup winner. Now joining us, a man that knows horses better than most. Uh, from SEN Track, it's Ca- Campbell Brown. Are you there, Campbell? I certainly am. What a magnificent running of the uh, the Melbourne Cup. Uh, it had all the drama that we would expect and um, a deserved winner. Campbell. I'm going to try and judge based on your voice whether or not you were on without a fight. I'm going to say you were on without a fight. Were you? No, I wasn't. Oh, I was on uh, Ash Run, who ran fourth. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a huge run. But uh, Cam Luke's been tipping without a fight for, for a long time. Obviously, it was outstanding winning the Caulfield Cup. And Mark Zara had that race shot to bits uh, a long, long way out. I think Cam Luke said he might have got it at 27 bucks. It got all the way into eight or nine. But I want to talk about Mark Zara. He had the agonising choice of picking gold trip or without a fight. He said he looked at the weather and, geez, he made the right call, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did because, obviously, he had that great relationship with with gold trip and the, the Ma Eustace team. And um, he, he, jumped off, uh, he jumped off gold trip leading into the Caulfield Cup purely because he wasn't sure whether the horse was going to run or not. And, uh, and the Friedman camp wanted an answer by 5 o'clock uh, the Sunday night after the Turnbull Stakes. So he committed to without a fight, uh, goes on and wins the Caulfield Cup. And, and after that, he would have felt like um, that the horse had plenty <laughs> left to give over the 3,200. So why, why jump off a horse that he's won a Caulfield Cup? It's ended up being an inspired decision. And, uh, and now he's one of the great uh, Australian jockeys of all time. Very good. Now, a couple of the Northern Hemisphere horses, they were looking good, Vorban and Absurd. They challenged, but then they dropped off. Were there a few people there cheering on, thinking they were already home? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're either in two camps here. There's a, there was a lot of people that, that bought into Vorban and, and the way it won over in Europe and uh, the, the fact that um, they, they, they got it here. There was some real um, positivity out of the camp. Or you're in the other camp of, okay, you're prepared to take it on. It only ever won a Group 3 over in Europe, and um, a lot of its Group 1 wins had been over the jumps. So um, the call of the card yesterday was fascinating. A lot of the big punters and and Rob Waterhouse and those guys were prepared to risk Volburn, and uh, they've ended up making the right decision. So it didn't run poorly, but um, they both they loomed up a lot of those horses, the Japanese horse as well, and, and just couldn't quite run run out a really, really strong 3,200. It's, it's the ultimate staying test, this one. And if there's any chinks in your armour, you get found out especially late. Campbell, what did you make of uh, Shiraz's run at odds? Oh, absolutely huge. I don't think uh, anyone uh, at this track or who's done any form around the Melbourne Cup would have given Shiraz any hope at all to run in the top 10, let alone in the top three. And it went around at 150 to 1. And... Um, and no one probably thought uh, it, it could run as well as it did. It's a career-best performance from Shiraz. 
Mate, last year's winner gold trip that obviously Mark Zara won to victory. We, we didn't cite it in the race. Was it out there? Well, yeah, it was out there. But the thing the thing with last year was there was so much rain and, and that horse really revels in, in a soft or heavy track with a bit of sting out of it. And it's 30 degrees down here and uh, and the tracks are good for. Um, it, it obviously had to carry a little bit more weight than last year and maybe that was just uh, the telling conditions about it. I mean, the biggest run of of the race outside of the winner was Solcom. It has got horrendous gate manners. Every start, it misses misses the jump by two, three, four, five lengths, and it still runs huge. I mean, the fact that it it, it rallied back from its poor start to run second uh, was a great performance. And if Chris Waller um, can, can get its its barrier manners better, uh, it's going to be winning you know, one of these really big majors here in Australia. Keep an eye out for it. Now, Campbell, um, obviously lots going on on the track, but I want to talk off the track for a second. Just looking around, just how messy are people getting? Are there, there ladies carrying their high heels yet? Anybody spewing in any bins? Well, we just had a couple of ladies asking for some Band-Aids from us at SCN Track, and it's not something that we really carry around, Band-Aids, but they've got some blisters. Uh, the, the hot weather means that uh, you know, everyone that's going to be out uh, in the sun that have been having a few too many all afternoon will probably need some water. Um, but the, the crowd's <laughs> relatively well behaved. The, we had the protesters out the front like we do every single year. Yeah. Um, the, the couple of them have been arrested. And outside of that, um, it's, it's a celebration. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, there's a couple of races to go, Campbell. Have you, have you seen any tips or anything that you like in races eight onwards? Yeah, we found a couple of winners this afternoon, which has been good. Um, I'm going to have something on Kamochi in race eight, Wollombi in race nine. And if you really want to bet, race 10 is a tough one, but there's a horse called Chicago Storm that is an Adelaide runner. They've had a bit of luck today, the South Australians. They've brought a few over the border and, and won a couple of races, so maybe Chicago Storm can finish the day off well. Campbell, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, you know exactly what you're talking about when we don't. <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you, mate. To get into the Hall of Fame, you, you need not to have any penalties or discretions. Oh, through. Right. You, you know, it's like the it's like winning the the medals at the end of the year. If right. you've been so, Dally M's, you've lost six points every year that you play. Yeah, is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's correct. It's like the opener. They just go, yeah, welcome to tonight's. And um, Stephen O'Keefe will have the mandatory minus six to start the night. Sock on table three, hello. No, no, no. Sock at home on the Zoom call. Not, yeah, not that's, all right. that's all right. That's right. Hey, everybody. And then Sock, Sock does the up yours and they have still, minus nine. Still fighting, still fighting a way to offend people from a Zoom call. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen O'Keefe. Uh, now, what did we think of the Melbourne Cup, guys? Uh, you know, we watch it every year. Did you think it was a good one this year? Or? Yeah, nup to the cup. Nup to the cup. No, you, great. no, I think it was a good one. I loved you, it. Brooksy, I think you looked uh, a bit disappointed. Because yeah. you didn't win. I thought halfway. I was like, geez, the Everest was better. <laughs> I was thinking the same you know, thing. Like, I don't know if it was because of the length of it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think no, it's I'm with lost you. a bit. What was the prize money again? For Melbourne Cup? Yeah. Uh, 4.4 million. 4.4 for the Everest. Everest. Everest is? 10 12. million. Yeah, 12. Yeah. Oh, 12 okay. million. Oh, that's interesting. And it's all Australian dollars, right? Because oh, we have, do we have the same money as Victoria? Yeah. We do? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, they should. 20 mil for the Everest prize money. Oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. the richest sure. race in the world. Do you think? And I'm just tossing this up. Do you think they should move the Melbourne Cup to Sydney and keep the name? No, no. But it'd be amazing if we took yeah. the Melbourne Cup but did it in Sydney and still called it the Melbourne Cup but run it in Sydney. I, I think it'd be fantastic. It, it's too hot down there. Yeah, um, the weather's no good. 
We heard from Campbell oh, too Brown. Long. Didn't we? Too, too long. Oh, it's too long. 1883. Too long. Perfect length. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Everyone's, I'm already on TikTok. I've seen Instagram. And the race still hasn't finished. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would have won if the race had been short. So, what distance do you think you would have had a winner? Oh, don't tell me you gambled based on the Everest distance in the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> did you? Brooksy, you no, did I did have a fun year. day out of Randwick. <laughs> He's done, He's done it again, old Brooks. Oh, well, All right, well, well, let's start the movement. Yeah. Let's do it right here, right now. Move the Melbourne Cup to Sydney. Valandis. Have Volandis? you got him on the phone? I, I reckon I could get a meeting with Valandis. Mm. I reckon I could. Yeah, okay. Um, I reckon <laughs> in negotiations, I reckon he could get it to Canberra. Oh. Like, you know, there might be a bit of a trade-off. Oh. And he'd be like, how about Canberra? And they'll... Agree. That's not like so he, bad. I like Canberra. And moving the Melbourne Cup to Canberra is a big feat in itself. Yeah. Where would they run it? Manuka? Around Manuka? Lake Burley Griffin. Oh, <laughs> that'd be an awkward All track. those roundabouts. Imagine that. But, a bit of carnage. They'd be going the wrong way. Oh, no, he's taking a wrong turn around the roundabout. But imagine. Val declares taking a left instead of a right. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's my heading God. straight to Fishwick. <laughs> Dude. He's off to get fireworks. Zara. No, you can't buy the Paul Bongiorno anymore. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Yes, you listen to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. It is the prof and the sock. Uh, sock, next, what did we chat about? We talked about Angelou Matthews and his helmet saga. He strapped in but forgot to strap on. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Here we are. Oh, bowled him. It's five for Tremaine. The first five as well. Turner shoulders arms and the ball clatters into the top of the stumps. Goodness me, five wickets for Tremaine. Uh, you are on the run home with Joel and Fletch, thanks to Hyundai, the uh, Hyundai Kona N-line. Imagine to be bold, it's the prof and the sock. Socky, give us a Sheffield Shield update here, mate. Well, there's a lovely call there from Robin Chipperfield, who's calling on KO or the Cricket app. So he was correct in saying Chris Tremaine has the first five wickets, five for ten off just 8.2 overs. But the party has been Can spoiled. <laughs> Mm, Brooksy, I know. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Jackson Bird had to sneak in with a wicket, so he has one for 20 off nine. Cameron Bancroft, who opened the batting, is still remains at the crease, but look at this scorecard from WA. It reads, the dismissed batter, Sam Whiteman, out for one. Teague Wiley, out for a duck. Hilton Cartwright, duck. Josh Phillippe, duck. Ashton Turner, two. Hamish McKenzie, on debut, out for one. That sounds like blokes that wanted to watch the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> yeah. That wanted to get back to the change room nice yeah. and fast. Oh, yes. yeah. Who are you? Is there a front runner to replace Warner in this test side? Oh, I think is most people Bancroft are talking there? Harris, who's getting some runs. I would, I would probably go Renshaw would be my uh, tip to replace him, but I, I either, either or. Um, it would be good if someone like a Marcus Harris had a good run. Uh, in a home summer, we did it against India. Um, but he's a guy who scores mountains of runs at shield level. Uh, if you want to go for a bit of youth, I'd go Renshaw. Very good answer. Yes, Bangladesh. They beat Sri Lanka by three wickets. Uh, that keeps them. Well, they're now in seventh place. Sri Lanka needed to win that one to keep their semi-finals alive. I think mathematically they still exist in this comp, but um, people love talking about maths. The big uh, talking point out of the game was this Angelo Matthews dismissal. He was timed out. First batsman in an international contest to be timed out. He's got two minutes to get to the crease. Angelo walked out, realised his helmet had the wrong strap or the strap wasn't working, um, and he couldn't he, do it up. He, he, he got to the crease yeah. and mm. he's pulled the strap and it's broken. Mm. So he's turned around to the dugout and said, oh, can you – because, I mean, he's – 
prepare? How could you ever, you know, think that that was a possibility? Equipment malfunction. And it's broken. So he's called to the dugout to get a new helmet out. Uh, Bangladesh have appealed and he's been given out, timed out, and he was not happy. And to be fair, looking at the the way it was handled, I'm not happy with it either. Professor, I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Well, let's hear from Angelo first. Let's see what he thinks. How did you feel when you were given out at that point of time? And had you done it differently if you were there at the other end? Yeah, because I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, I have two minutes to get to the crease and get myself ready, which I did. And then it was an equipment malfunction. And I don't know where the common sense went, uh, because obviously it's obviously disgraceful from uh, Shakib and Bangladesh if they want to play cricket like that. Obviously, stoop down to that level, I think there's something wrong um, drastically. So it was just pure common sense. I'm not talking about um, uh, mancading or obstructing the field here. This is just pure common sense and bringing the game into, you know, disrepute. It's absolutely um, disgraceful. I think because it's his helmet and there's all this, obviously, you know, heightened, I guess, awareness of the importance of a helmet in cricket. Yeah, good For point. particular reasons. Very good point. That if he'd have gone, well, no, my strap's broken, I'll, I'll still face, face up. That's, and he cups it on the head. Like, I, I can understand if he, you know, walked out with a tennis racket instead of a cricket bat. Do you know what I mean? If it was yeah. something silly, but... He's walked out with the right equipment. There's a strap that's broken. It's an it's a very important piece of equipment, right? It's, it's it beggars belief how that decision, that how they came about that decision. Firstly, for a team to appeal, because you yeah. know in cricket games where you sit there and the ball's t- dropped at your feet, for instance, and you pick the ball up and you yeah. throw it to the keeper. That's technically that's handled ball. Mm. If you appeal to the umpire, you'd be given out. But we know that in the spirit of the game, that the guy's just trying to help you out. In the spirit of this contest, you're 100% right. Angela Matthews is just trying to protect his head, which the game is bringing in laws. It's for kids now you, in, in underage cricket. You have to wear helmets even if you're fielding in close. So Angela Matthews is doing the right thing. It's not like he walked out there with a broken helmet. He pulled on it and broke, broke it, there. which, I mean, I just – I don't get Shaky Balasan. I don't get Bangladesh. And the coach, Chandithra Singer, it's not the way that he would have liked to play cricket because he, he's played a lot at New South Wales. He's got – he's actually Sri Lankan – um, played Sri Lankan national cricket. I, I think he would be just as surprised. I'm, I'm keen to hear what he's got to say, but it was a joke. Not happy with that at all. I'm going to throw a scenario out there, boys. So it's England, Australia, a couple of nights before, and that's that happens. It's an Australian batter and an English bowler. After what happened with the Ashes, would we be? Would we have to cop that? No, no, no. This is. I don't think that would happen. Between th- you know I what really I mean? Like no, that, just yeah. scenario based. If you know, because of the Carey Bearstow incident, the and back. that was but the that ball happened was on the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, know, but but technically, the the it is a wicket, right? Like yeah. from the rules. Yep. Yes, he was at the crease before the two minutes, but the ball wasn't bowled. Like there's chat that he could have faced a ball and then taken as much time as possible, which is crazy. But the safety thing. That's right. Definitely, like his helmet needs to be fitted properly. Yeah. But. Would would there be a cause like could you say that the Aussies would have had to have copped that after what we what, what we went through with the Ashes? I don't think they're I don't think they're no, like for we like. could have yeah, I don't, okay. because the ball it, you've, you've seen the time that they've put a clock on Alex Carey 
it's like less than a second for him to throw that ball. Yeah. The ball was live. That's that's in yeah. play. That's they're, they're actually. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, just as a hypothetical. But if you're on yeah. the other side, if Australia had appealed and an Englishman was out, then that's fair enough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to play. Of course, everyone knows. Because you know how slow they are. <laughs> Timed out. If, Mate, if Stokes came out yeah. with a helmet, he should have tested that. He should have. Factory tested, pulled on it a few times. Uh, he should have been pulling on it the whole way out he there. He should have. Mm. Angelo Matthews, on the other hand, lovely guy. Doesn't and like to pull on it before he gets to the crease. No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> what a bunch of flogs you all are. Oh, on my, behalf of my dad, a oh, proud English cricket fan, shut up. I, I will not listen to a Scotsman ever praise the English cricket team. Now, Shakib, he went on to hit 82, uh, you know, rubbing salt yes. into the wounds alongside uh, Hussein, who... Uh, Shanto, who got 90 in their 169 runs, Stan. He was also the quickest to the pitch in World Cup history. Exactly. Uh, 3.8 seconds. Had four yeah. helmets on. Yeah. Just carrying helmets out. Oh, just facing up with a helmet. I think I, I've always... Edward De Bono, though. Oh, yeah. He had 10 hats. No, you pick up the ball. <laughs> I, I was thinking with the timed out thing, it shouldn't be that you can appeal. It should just be that the bowler's allowed to start bowling. At the two minutes. Yeah. Because bowlers won't necessarily hit the stumps. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? So if they go, you know, alarm goes oh, off, right. he's allowed to run in and bowl, so, and you've got to run so in. So do you know that that is actually in the Big Bash is a rule or law, whatever way you tend to look at it, is if you are if you don't get to the crease in time, you're not timed out, you are, because you only got 75 seconds, you get a free bowl at the stumps. Oh. With so, nobody there, or so, do the bat, does the batsman get to no, run the bat, in? No, the batter just gets to stand to the side while you bowl oh, the ball. Have you, would, it hasn't happened yet. What pressure would you feel if you had oh, to hit? Yeah. I'm about a one in six chance of hitting. It'd be so embarrassing. And apparently if you bowl a no ball as well, it's a no ball. So the batter can come in and bowl a free. So there's a lot riding on the yeah, bowler wow. to get it right. So we've never seen it in Big Bash though, have we? Not yet, but it is a lot because they want to speed up the game. Fantastic. Uh, James from Hornsby is on the line, wants to chat a bit about Angelo Matthews. What's your take on it, James? Um, I've never seen a one-day batsman walk out without their helmet already on their head. Why didn't he put it on beforehand and pull the strap broke, took it straight off, grabbed another helmet, put it on and walked out. Faced one ball where they fixed up the third, his, his helmet and then bought it out. Do you Why did he walk all the it, way out before he put it on? Is it two minutes since the last dismissal that you have to walk out? Because even if it was his helmet and he put it on before he walked out, the strap still would have been broken, which then still would have been a part of the two minutes, right? Jeez. Yeah, but then he would have been able to put it on the ground and grab another helmet that was there beside him, okay. someone else's, and walk straight out. So that would take, what, three seconds? Can you wear other people's helmets, what? Sock? Well, I mean, James does raise a good point, and that is why he's been given out. So the onus is on the batter to make sure their equipment's in check. So, James, I, I, I get your I get your point. Mm. However, he was at the crease and he mm. pulled on it. And, I mean, it, it just looked like he was tightening. It looked like it was on fine, and then he's just gone for one one too many extra tugs on the old cord and it's uh, it's broken away. But, hey, good point. Good point because I've just been livid seeing yep. So do you agree with it, James? Do you think it should have been out? You're happy with the decision? Yeah. Yeah, he stuffed up. He should have had his helmet on. I've never seen – you keep watching and tell me how many batsmen you see walk out without their helmet already on. Some of them you see when they pan the camera to the to the bench or whatever, the change rooms, the next batsman sitting there with his helmet already on. Mm. Well, and all he does is pick up his gloves and bat. And the other thing, quick one – what happened with those guys, you know, you've seen the clips, you know, they've walked out and they haven't walked out with their bat. They've left the bat behind or they've left the box behind. No one called them out for the time, did they? No, I guess that, that comes down to the person appealing, right? If you... Yeah. It's, it, it's like we said, I mean, it's, it, it is a, a rule, law of the game. 
but it's not really policed. A bit like a player at the non-strikers end just picking the ball up at the end of the over because it's been dropped at their feet. Technically out, obstructing the field. As a batter, you could be out handled ball in a certain situation, but it's not. It's just something that players just get on with as in it's a bit silly. But if you want to play it down to the, the you know, the nth degree of the laws of the game, then James, so you'd be shouting, you'd be at cover giving a big how's that. Uh, I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, yeah, I would be. If it was Virat Kohli, would you be doing the same thing? Jules King wanted to know. Yeah, oh, in, yeah, in too, India. right. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah, I'd be doing it. No worries. You're out, mate. Go on your bike. Oh, God. Oh, that would... James, what was your take on the Bears, Dave? And... Dismissal. <laughs> was that out? Yeah. But how, how well do Sri Lanka and Bangladesh get on? Is there a bit of a little... Mm, <laughs> there is now. Not so nice feeling? I don't, I don't well, know. It wouldn't be now. James, can I ask uh, you... It's just... World Cup. Brooksy was bringing up the Bearstow dismissal because it's you have to in Australia every five days legally. <laughs> Do you? What was your take? Was Bearstow out or not? Yeah, he's out. Read the scorebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a silly question. What do you reckon he was? He James, you strike me as the <laughs> you strike me as the type of bloke yeah. if you were on an empty street at, at one a.m. and there was a set of lights a crossing, you'd still stand and wait for the green man, wouldn't you? <laughs> Oh, no way. No, I wouldn't even <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm not thanks. that much of an idiot. You know, they see standing there, press the button because it's a red man. Yeah. They see no cars, then they walk across, they get to the other side, and all of a sudden then the lights go red, and they've got the green man, but I, they're walking down I the street am, and all the cars stop. I, sorry. I'm sorry to bring it up, James. I didn't know. <laughs> scratched an itch I know there. I did. I'm sorry, mate. Hey, James, thanks for calling in. Um, call 2GB to talk about that for the rest. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this, the best of the run home with the professor in sock. Next, we spoke to Dean Watling from SEN Track. Uh, he's a tipster who was sitting in his hotel room. Um, Bailed early after Derby Day. Yeah. Uh, he got to race two on Melbourne Cup Day, headed home to sit in his jammies and watch the race in the comfort of the hotel. It was an interesting chat. Take a listen. <laughs> now, Citizen. somebody who would know all about... Um, Jockey sitting on horses. That is not a great, that is not a great <laughs> intro. <laughs> I apologise in advance. Joining us now from SEN Track, he is the tipster for, uh, for the run home. It is uh, Dean Watling. You there, Dean? I'm here. That's one of the best intros I've ever heard. Mate. I'm <laughs> sorry, <laughs> mate. I'm just... If they were running Melbourne Cups for intros, that would be, that'd be my trifecta. Thank you, mate. Very kind of you. Now, uh, <laughs> you know your horses. Talk to me about this race. Was it one of the best ones you've seen? Yeah, it was a phenomenal race. It's good to see all the horses go around and get back to the stalls at the end. But it was a, a great build-up. There's plenty of um, chat this week about the two Irish horses. Absurd. The market move on him was phenomenal. Vorban, but they quite couldn't quite put it together. And then, obviously, a terrific story of Mark Zara, who was on the winner last year. And he had to jump off and say goodbye to that horse and then jump on another horse. So it was a brave decision to do that. Um, it could have gone each way. And there's been plenty of times where jockeys in the past have jumped off the wrong horse and watched them win. So, no, I think it lived up to it. The crowd was huge. I headed home after race two. It was too hot for me, and it's been a big couple of weeks. Um, but the crowd looked huge. It was building as we sort of left the left the track, um, and it shaped up to be and was one of the better Melbourne Cups you'll see. Now, speaking on that heat, do you think that was the problem with the Northern Hemisphere horses, uh, with um, Absurd and Vorban? Vorban. Yeah, it was definitely it played its part in saying that they both paraded terrifically. That was what I was keeping an eye on, but they both looked really relaxed um, in the parade ring. I think the jockeys maybe got a little bit 
Um, happy go lucky at the top of the straight. The tempo sort of went on from the, the 1200 meter mark and they were in the perfect position, but um, it's a long Flemington straight and you can push the button a long way out. So I think they sort of just didn't let down quite as well as they do overseas. They're good tracks overseas. are like our soft tracks to a little bit. Um, and we know without a fight, the winner, he's an out and out um, concrete runner. He loves it nice and dry. And we think we saw that. Solkin was obviously unlucky, but a few big surprises in the numbers as well. Uh, you're talking about second and third there with Solcombe and Shiraz. Now, Chris Waller had second and third. Do you think maybe Shiraz had the run of the race or maybe had the best run outside of the favourite? Sorry, without a fight, the winner? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Solcombe probably didn't, but Shiraz did. Ashran was obviously posted wide, but it's a, it's a strange race in the sense that we only race over 3,200 metres twice in the year, obviously the Sydney Cup. Um, as well and then this race so a lot of these stays they don't quite ever get to see over it, the, the trip throughout the year so you can see a horse like Shiraz bob up and place at $31 um, but runs in races especially in the uh, Melbourne Cup when you're going so far definitely play a part and Solcom he's such an uh, he'd be a nightmare to own at the same time he'd be a dream because he's an absolute jet but he misses a kick every single start he's got abundance of ability but he just is his own worst enemy flops out the gates and just leaves himself with too much to do so if he can fix that, um, he probably wins the Melbourne Cup. Now that without a fight's won, you know what, what happens tonight? What does without a fight do? Does he? What's he? Does he just go lie down in some hay? Do they? What do they do with the horse now? I know it's a dumb question, but do they celebrate? Like if there's a party, is the horse there? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> it's a good question. I think all the connections and that they obviously probably have a couple of sleepless nights. But the the strapper who's obviously in charge of the horse. They'll obviously take him back. He'll have a bath, a roll oh, uh, after the race, oh. take him back on the float. They'll probably ice his legs up, take him Oof. back to the barn. Yeah, he'll probably have a, a nice sleep tonight, but it's not the same as up. He's not hitting the town and going to the Osborne or an establishment in Melbourne. He's probably back to the stables telling all the other horses that he's run a race. Now, we want to, we, we're hearing about the horses after party. We're hearing about the Melbourne Cup being too hot and big after parties there. Do we want to know about your after party yes. uh, in your hotel room? Will you be getting the ice out? <laughs> Strapping in, strapping on. Is there anything that we yes, have to that's go? a good question. Is the, is the strapper there? Can we talk to the strapper? Oh, God. No, there's no, there's no strapper here. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a massive atmosphere tonight. Me, myself and I. Oh. Might be a fast food restaurant on order. Um, couple of drinks maybe on my It's been a big two weeks. I got there this morning about five o'clock and, I'll tell you what, it felt like it was nearly 100 degrees. I had enough after the first race, and I thought, I'm going to go home, aircon's on, feet up, computer out, and watch it there. And one of the better decisions I've made, I reckon. Dean, sounds to me a little bit like you went a bit hard on Derby Day. (laughs) Did you you get first day fever? And we're all guilty of it. And then it comes around to the Tuesday and it's gone. I went too hard on Saturday. Is that what happened? Don't yeah, well, we, we have racing terms. And you like to see horses uh, per furlong, which is 200 metres. Like around that 12-second mark is a good clip. Um, that's steady enough and you should have a horse in the end. I was sort of doing your, your 950s the last couple of weeks. So um, they've finally caught up to me and I'm, I'm paddling late. I'm, I'm just making it to the line. Well, there's a couple more races to go. Dean, have you got any more tips for us for the rest of the day at Flemington or at Randwick? Yes, I've got two. It's it's interesting. Obviously, cup days tend to be the cups that are the main focus and the races around it. Uh, obviously, it, oh, sometimes they're not that good, but today's been great. 
Ramwick race eight, number two, Dashing Legend, is a horse that I'm keen to back there. It's around that 260 price. She was terrific first up. I think she'll be even harder to beat second up. And the last at Flemington, race 10, number 16, Charlton Lane. That track's playing interesting at the moment. The inside's off, and the horses are running on down the outside. So Charlton Lane's a horse that sits that pro- fits that profile. Should get back in midfield and storm down the outside. So Ramwick, race eight, number two. Dashing Legend and Flemington Race 10 number 16 Shelton Lane. Terrific. Thanks as always, Dean, for your tips. Have a lovely night down there in the hotel. Um, <laughs> and just pull the blinds before you do anything, I guess is the <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that down. Just write that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dean. Mm. Plenty to react to here. Brooksy said we've got to reward the listener. Yep. You know, for getting involved. And we do ask on you Melbourne to get Cup involved Day. on Melbourne Cup Day. I'd prefer they didn't call in or text, but anyway. Let's go to the text board and let's <laughs> let's listen to them. If we have to. Revolutionary radio. <laughs> <laughs> Talk back. Well, hang on. He was sending them to 2GB a minute ago. Yeah, poor, that's true. Poor James who had a Look at me. Sure. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. Good point. Mark, that's a very good point. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle has written in Fed Income. I hope James doesn't have kids. Lol, that was the gentleman from Hornsby that rang in earlier that said that he agreed with Angelo Matthews being timed out. Could you imagine if you're in a park game of cricket and that was like you're just walking out the bat in a park game because there's timed out in any form of cricket and your helmet broke and you're playing for it and you went back to go grab it and you would give Could you imagine the scenes? It will be happening this weekend. Stink? <laughs> you're it will be happening, yeah. You're going to have people the stop timing <laughs> this weekend for sure. Angelo did it. Yeah. Get to the crease, yeah. mate. Yeah. Two Croydon. minutes isn't long, is it? Mm. No. Big, is it long? Can you time it for us? What stadium was it? Eden Gardens? Not sure. Hmm. Well, look that up. Wasn't boundary. Wasn't one kitty. Uh, the shame of Helmet Gate is that it didn't happen to England from Dean Russell or Jaws. He likes to be called. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, the helmet was made in Bangladesh. Yep. It's a Ooh. stitch up, that, isn't it? Absolute mm. stitch up. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it? Is it a stitch up or? It's an unstitching. <laughs> it's an unstitching. Oh, classic unstitching. Oh, no. <laughs> oh it's an unstitching fat. Uh, Cam's got a good point here yep. as well. With slow over eight penalties being handed out regularly, is Bangladesh more within their rights so they're not penalised? Well, you're, you're given uh, allowances. So the bowling team would have been given an allowance. So that can't be an excuse. But I do understand that if it was, you'd be like, yeah, okay, we've got to get through our overs because at the end of the game, if you don't have your overs done in time, you need to bring a fielder inside the circle so you've only got four out. However, you do get allowances when it's not your fault if it's the batting team. So the time it would have taken, you would have got that back on your bowling. Mate, it's very good. To get that right I get it. No, I got it. You, you, you nailed it. Is that new this year? Timed out. Yeah, no, bringing it, the fielder in. If you, yeah, uh, that's yeah. only just brought, been brought in. Yeah, they it? brought they used it in the hundred in that's England, right. and it's uh, come good. So I, I really like it. I like. The and idea. that's BBL this year. That'll be in. They've had it BBL last year as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we need to avoid playing India in the semi final because it'll be at Eden Gardens that'll spin sideways. Mo from Canberra. I look. I think we just need to avoid playing India altogether. So <laughs> that would be. That'd be really I, handy. I can't see that happening if we finish in the top four and we want to win the title. Mm. You reckon we're playing India somewhere? Is that the best bowling lineup for India? So who are we looking at here? Shami, uh, Bumrah, Jadeja. I've missed a couple of them. Yadav, Kuldeep, if he wants yeah, to bowl, you can go yeah. to Ashwin if you need to. Is that the best bowling lineup we have seen since, you know, 03 Aussies who went undefeated, 07 Aussies undefeated. We're talking the McGraths, the Warns, the um, Gillespies. 
Yeah, it looks the most uh, put That was two minutes, by the way. Remember I said how long's two minutes? Right. That was a long time. Did you get your helmet on in that time? No. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Out. James would have appealed and you would be out. Out of the com box and everything. That was well done, Mark. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, sorry, yes. Is that the best bowling lineup we've seen since the oh, glory days? No team has really gotten close to India at the moment, have they? So you'd have to say, yes, in those conditions, you know, Jadeja, I think, is the most important yeah. part of that attack. Boomer's fantastic at the death. And then they've got players, Thakur, Shardul Thakur, um, and another all-rounder that escapes me. But they've got, they've just got, they've got all bases covered and they're playing on confidence. Virat Kohli, of course, has equaled the great Sachin Tendulkar with ODI 100s, 49. On uh, his birthday. Yeah. 35th birthday. Happy birthday, Virat. Here's your 49. Did you see the Sachin statue? No, where's that? Of Steve Smith. I'll show you in the ad break. It's hilarious. So they've done a statue to commemorate Sachin Tendulkar, and it looks like Steve You're Smith. You're joking. I, do, I am not. Mm. Um, I felt bad for Jadeja in that last game because he got like five for 30-odd and got 29 off 13 balls, but he did it on Virat's birthday yeah. when Virat got 100, so he was never going to get player of the Poor match. Form. Poor form. You're listening to the best of the run home with the prof and the sock. Next, uh, sock, it was a cricketer that you looked up to your entire career. Still do. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, I tell you what, you don't want to miss this one. He gave some absolute scandalous opinions on what he thinks the Australian 11 will be for the Afghan Astan game coming up. Enjoy. There is a lot of cricket chat on this podcast. And joining us now is one of the all-time Australian cricketing greats, um, and he's got the greatest podcast going on at the moment. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've heard. Joining us now, it's Adam Gilchrist. Gilly, are you there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm loud and clear. I heard that loud and clear. Let's hope, <laughs> others, did. <laughs> Let's hope others did. How are you guys? Very good. Very good, Gilly. Yeah. Did uh, you know that I was actually on that podcast before you, Gilly, and I got the sack? Did you, are you wearing that sock here? Sock. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, I, look. All I know is that you are a man that has fully embraced the fellowship of a prairie fire. I've seen it firsthand. I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it with you. And you are more than welcome to come back whenever you like. Very good. So it is called Club Prairie Fire. It is a, it's a, it's a killer podcast and we're going throughout the World Cup and into the summer. And, um, Stephen O'Keefe will now appear on, on one of Instead of Adam Christ is gone. <laughs> yeah, well... Sorry, no, you go, you go. I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll, Gilly. I'll wait. Sorry, mate. Hey, uh, did you watch? <laughs> did you watch the race? Did you put some money on without a fight? <laughs> we yeah, we did. We like a lot of people being at a, a little event where it was all going down. Um, yeah, I think my wife. Um, well, I invested for my wife, <laughs> and she had the winning ticket, so she's claiming it. But uh, nah, all, all good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually been hammering Mark War all afternoon for tips for the, yeah. for all the other races. And he's actually come up pretty well, Junior. He's done done a very nice job. But, um, no, good day. Uh, festive spirit around. So, how do you guys go? Hopeless. Um, I bet on three things that weren't even in the top six. Did you get anything sock in the end? No, no good here. You should have been hammering Kim War because she's the trainer. That's where you should have been going, yeah. Gilly. Yeah, that's right. For a bloke that's allergic to horse hair, he goes out and marries a horse trainer. But um, uh, well done, June. But, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that, is, that is a more reliable source of the war clan, no doubt about that, Kim. Now, very good, uh, very good tips there um, from who do we get them from? We got them from Dean Watling. Yeah, who he, I think he right. picked the last couple of winners. Um, I'm sure you were listening to our show, Gilly. I'm sure you heard what those tips were. Hey, um, 
Cricket World Cup <laughs> in full swing. Aussies take on Afghanistan yeah. tonight. Can you see Afghanistan? Are they any chance of beating our mighty Aussies? Yeah, most definitely a chance. I, I, I still back our guys, but there's it's been a tournament like that, hasn't it, guys? Of a couple of little upsets here and there, and um, well, Afghanistan are, are in the hunt. They are genuinely in the hunt, so they they'll um, that they, they could pose a threat. I, I think our guys will win, but um, yeah, it, it, it's hotted up. There's been a lot going on lately. It was a slow. Um, slumbering type start to the tournament, wasn't it? I think everyone was getting their head around 50 over cricket, uh, be it players and spectators and viewers, but it started to get a little bit spicy now, and none the least last night. That was a bit going on there. What's your thoughts on that, gents? Well, I mean, we called you, Gilly, so... You know, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, so I thought I'd try to fire it around the other way. <laughs> That's the great interviewer. Um, doing the have, we, have we spoken about... Have we spoken we have. whether Davey deserves selection in the first test yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that's probably next on the agenda, isn't it? <laughs> well, we weren't going to go down there. We wanted to talk about the Adam Hillcrist, but let's let's go to Angelo Matthews. What are your thoughts? I mean, Gilly, the man who used to walk, you know, the spirit of cricket. There's a picture of you in the uh, the law book and the spirit of cricket. It's just a picture of Adam Gilchrist. He is the spirit of that's cricket. That's right, he is. So we're going to ask the spirit of cricket what you thought about that unspirited cricket of play last night. <laughs> oh, it, it, I think at the end of the day, it leaves a pretty sour taste in everyone's mouth to a certain extent. And that's where, see, that's where a prairie fire comes in beautifully. It can clean everything up and clean got medicinal qualities. Um, no, look, oh, yeah, it probably doesn't, doesn't, for me, stand the sniff test. But I know there's, um, you know, the rules and regulations. But on, on that one in particular, you know, in a day and age where we've we've had the uh, the Lord situation, we've had the, um, the basically nowadays is very much acceptance of the man cat or the run out at the non-strike event. That's just part of the course now. It doesn't seem to raise an eyebrow. So it's a new age uh, about what we're trying to do to achieve a victory. But that one last night, look, I'd have to be watching live the whole situation play out to get a better perspective on what I've seen and what I can see. It doesn't quite um, sit that easily with me, but, you know. It's it's cricket, I Between those guys. Yeah, so let's some of your old teammates. Let's say it was Ricky Ponting walking out, and he got timed out. Would he have been cool, calm, and collected, getting <laughs> totally had to walk back into the stands? Well, probably unlikely. I would have thought. <laughs> um, Angelo handled it very well. I mean, yeah. he's unleashed since. That's thing about his disappointment. Good on him. But um, oh, yeah, oh, I don't. I don't get it on that one. I, I really don't. I, I, but you know, I've seen commentary around the fact that he should have asked, or he should have been, um, yeah, should have faced his first ball with the, you know, the strap of the helmet hanging down, and then and then done it after that, and all that. But it, it's splitting hairs if we've got to get down to that fine, fine tuned sort of level of ruling to work out what's right and wrong. Um, that, that that's yeah, that's the way I sort of see it on that one. Would you have walked, Gilly? <laughs> yeah, but, but before the appeal came, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, absolutely. In the smog of Delhi like that, I would have got out of there. I would have gone back to the room. Back to the rooms and just got out of the uh, out of the warm Delhi air. But um, nah, it's a, that, there's a bit of history between those those two teams, and um, can't wait for the next time they match up. Yeah, agreed. Now let's look at the Australian lineup. We've got a couple of big ins tonight. I think it's the first time the Aussies will have a full 15 man squad that's fit. Uh, Mitch Marsh will be available and back. Glenn Maxwell, I'm hearing, will be available. Steve Smith might have had a bit of vertigo. Let's say that the whole squad's available. Uh, Gilly, how do you see the 11 landing? Oh, what do you reckon? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mitch Marsh has to come in for someone, don't you think? No, look, without doubt, I can say with certainty, Mitch Marsh and Glenn Maxwell come in for someone. Yeah, okay. So two players are going to have to miss out. That's what we're looking at. Who are you looking at there? Maybe Marnus. <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick up on the fact that I wasn't going to comment on who they Okay. What I've learnt, Sock, what I've learnt in this day and age, and I've, I've probably, yeah, I've exposed myself to the realms of social media already by commenting with any sort of, mm. sort of opinion on the Angelo Matthews scenario. Yeah. I touch and selection in the Australian team because I've been burnt far too easily about it. an off-the-cuff comment about selection. It put me on the banned list from a certain player for, oh, I reckon, about nine months, and I'm not even sure I'm back. Oh. Um, so you're not touching it, not touching it. I reckon we're going to feel a very good team. <laughs> we, have got, um, we have got a plethora of options, which is nice, because that's what India... In, in all seriousness, India have got most bases covered a number of times over, and they're playing like that. But um, our blokes are generating a really nice rhythm up. Um, they've been a little bit one out to a, to an extent, if you want to be critical. But I'm mm. not critical of the fact that you know the top order get 300 and the rest of them get 90, because rarely does the top the, the entire batting lineup fire in a white ball game. Like not everyone comes off every day. Uh, together. So if David Warner and Mitch Marsh or Travis Head want to put on 300 or 120 or 90 or whatever, like the rest of the order can rest easy that <laughs> things are going all right. Yep. We don't need to get too greedy with it. I'm going to say Cameron Green and Marcus Stoinis. All right? Yeah, okay. Let's see if anybody ever quotes me on anything. I really doubt it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. Uh, Gilly, I asked Sock before. Now, we, we, there's a lot of expats that live here, lots of, um, lots of Englishmen that follow their national cricket team. Just if you can, I don't know, if you can just toss up an idea as to why, what has the difference been between the 2019 English team and this 2023 English team that we've seen? Uh, about eight wins. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I reckon. Uh, oh, look, it's a. I don't think I'll ever uh, say that it means it's a fait accompli that you're not going to do well. But it's an aging group. Um, they've been high level. Uh, they've been at the top of the tree for six years or so, I reckon. And um, they they sort of just fumbled a bit towards the end. I reckon there was a lot of uncertainty about whether they should or shouldn't take Jason Roy. Well, it was a fun afternoon that we had, and I would say probably the best three hours of radio in the history of broadcasting. Sock, what do you think? 
I agree with you, Professor. That was so much fun. We covered. What are we talking about again? What? We're just saying an outro. We're saying <laughs> goodbye to everybody. What is it? What We're are we saying doing? goodbye. Thank you. God save Bye. our goodbye. <laughs> yeah, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> 